podcast where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male Whew, especially this week <laughs> <laughs> i'm your co-host rachel and joining me is the always lovely the always thoughtful ariel <laughs> Hi. And I just want to say for the record, she selected this movie. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Ariel, how have you been? You know what? I've been okay. Um, All right. I... What is happening in Ariel world? Here we go. Lay oh, it on no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nothing super weird. Both myself and a lot of my family up here were able to get vaccinated. And so I was able to awesome. see them this past weekend, which was surreal and also really nice i did tell my sister and my niece about the urn experience that i talked to you about last time what did they say (laughs) they thought it was hilarious of course (laughs) (laughs) no sympathy whatsoever (laughs) but i was reminded (laughs) that you know how i told you um that we had lost my grandfather's ashes for a short (laughs) few years yes. <laughs> just a so, few years <laughs> so i was reminded that my niece when she was a kid she used to whenever she would have a sleepover she would bring her friends down into my sister's basement oh my and tell them no. that it was haunted by the spirit of my grandfather whose body we had lost in the house. oh my god that person is clearly related to you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was experiences like this that told me she would be cool with horror movies at a young age, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it's right, because you watch horror movies with her. Your nephew, yes. you're still easing him in, right? Yes. So at yeah. what's, what age are you going to show him violation? Oh, God. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Not in How a million years. <laughs> there, I, I remember I, like, I, was wa- I was watching it ahead of you, and I like sent you a message, and I was like, so don't watch this with your parents <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you are notorious for either recommending movies and your dad accidentally watching the adult version or watching embarrassing things with your parents without realizing that they are have content that is yep. not safe. Not it has... NSFP. <laughs> not <safe for> parents. <laughs> yeah, it's been a reoccurring theme throughout my life, unfortunately, that I've made this mistake. But this weekend, my niece wanted to watch a movie with me and I was like, I almost said to her, hey, I've got this movie that I need to watch for the podcast. No. Do you want to watch no. it with me? No. Thankfully, <laughs> instead, we watched Ready or Not, which was yes, much perfect. more. Yeah, yes. because I don't think I could have handled sitting next to my niece watching this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that I mean, would have traumatized clear, both of us. We sound like we don't like this movie. We're about to give a bad review, and that is no, not at all not the case. It it's just has just some scenes that has some very. Yeah. Uh, mature content that yes. I would not want to watch with a teen or no. an elder or anyone. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to watch it with myself. <laughs> I was a little embarrassed to be watching it with myself. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, like we're horror fans, right? So the things that are a little bit extreme on that end of the spectrum, we gravitate towards. And this definitely yeah, is, I think, going to be a hit with that crowd. Uh, yes. All right. Awesome. Any any other fun stories of uh, fit your family reunion? <laughs> no, I'll get back to you. <laughs> you were so sweet. You had guests and you still went and played horror trivia with me, but you did not stick around for the end 
to discover that I was victorious. <laughs> you were redeemed after the I first was game. redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was not. The... I got zero questions. Yeah, correct. you got a rough you got a rough one this time. The only questions I got right were the ones that other people couldn't answer on their own turns. I got yeah. none of my own questions. <laughs> none of them. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is we actually we started a Twitch channel. Zombie Girls has a now has yep. a Twitch channel and we've been using it to play horror trivia on Tabletop Simulator. So you should definitely if you're someone who enjoys Twitch content, you should definitely follow us because we have some other really fun things coming up on there. But you would have I I, I the first time we played, ooh, it was a bloodbath for Rachel. <laughs> the time though i was victorious i also we also did, uh, made up our own lightning round rules and let me tell you that wraps up the game quick so okay next time next time we, we're rounding that two hour corner we're gonna go straight into yeah to i like lightning that round. awesome mm-hmm. especially if it means i win and i really like it <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny we played with uh larry from here's johnny and he was so he kept like hiding my part like my car- little what is it called your your part that's not right <laughs> your little no guy i, I don't know <laughs> yeah. he kept hiding my pie taking all of my pieces out then at the end he like <laughs> threw all the pie pieces at me and i was like i'm considering that confetti <laughs> it was He's really so fun. funny <laughs> isn't yeah and we played with jeff uh formerly of Splattercast. It, it was quite the reunion it was really really yeah. fun yeah yeah it was very cool yeah, and it was it was interesting to chat with all these people that I've only heard their voices through podcasts. Yeah, how was before. that? I guess that was the first time you've talked to Larry and to Jeff, even though I've yeah. I've known them forever. So I feel like everybody. I assume all my friends know each other. So, but I guess you're right. We were really cross pollinating for the first time. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, they're funny. They're a lot of fun. We do have one little piece of housekeeping, and that is that there is now a t-shirt for the more deadly that you can purchase and put on your bod if you want to be really styling you should check out our t public store um it's tpublic.com forward slash zombie dash the girls dash podcast so pick up a shirt should you choose to you can now rep us if you if you love us all right (laughs) that is it for housekeeping we are going to be reviewing as i said before the film violation directed by madeline sims fewer and dusty mancinelli but before we get into that, can you please let our listeners know what our new official spoiler policy is here on this podcast? Yeah, so we are going to give you a short non-spoiler review. And then once we get through that, we are going to go into full spoiler territory where everything's up for grabs and we're going to talk about all the twists and the ending. Yes. So if you have not seen this movie, it is available on Shutter. It is actually available on Shutter now. And you are spoiler adverse, and there are definitely some things that could be spoiled in this. Yes, <laughs> yes. There check are. it out first, and come listen to the first part of our podcast, our review. Then go check it out and come back and listen to our full full review. But if you have seen it, stick around. My guess is you probably need to process it as much as we do. So <laughs> yeah. we're all in this together. <laughs> all right, awesome. So Ariel, tell me a little bit about the directors as well as. Uh, information about the production of this movie yeah okay so violation was directed like you said by madeline sims fewer and and dusty mancinelli so madeline was born in little britain ontario um, but she moved to bath england when she was six years old so she studied acting at the drama center in london and then as an adult she actually moved back to canada to study filmmaking at toronto's york university 
And then she met her filmmaking partner, Dusty Mancinelli, at the 2015 Toronto International Film Festival's Talent Lab, and the two immediately clicked and started collaborating. So they've been collaborating ever since, and a lot of their work is about exploring gender politics, sort of the power dynamics between men and women, sexual assault, and abuse. And they do that because they actually bonded over their own shared history of abuse and trauma. And they use filmmaking as sort of a way to process their own emotions around the sexual assaults that they experienced. And I think mm. that you can really see that. Oh, yeah. In violation. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, uh, but apparently these are the topics that they've also covered in the three short films that they made before making Violation. Uh, one of those, their latest short, Chubby, premiered at the Telluride Film Festival and actually won the Silver Dragon Award for Best Director at the Krakow Film Festival. So it did pretty well. Nice. So the pair co-wrote and directed Violation, which is their first feature films. And like you said, she also stars in it as well as the main character. So Sims Fewer, on top of all of the stuff that they've done together, has also directed two additional short films on her own and has acted and written the scripts for many others. And she's also acted in an episode of The Expanse TV series. That's so cool. I, I, I you know, I haven't watched a ton of the show, but I read several of the books. I kind of read too many in a row and I'm taking a little bit break, but I'll go back. And they're they're pretty great. They are kind of like... I mean, they're they're not super hard sci-fi, but there's some good like political machinations and stuff. I I really enjoyed those books, so good oh, for her. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. All right. So about the movie violation. So in making this film, they really wanted to make a realistic movie about revenge instead of making the kind of wish fulfillment style that we get a lot of times. So. Uh, Madeline Sims Fewer grew up watching revenge films, and she's a big fan of the subgenre, but she thinks that they tend to sensationalize the violence, and she mm -hmm. wanted to take this opportunity to kind of unpack what it would really feel like if you actually were to get revenge, and what right. it would, yeah, what it would mean to take that action, and how it could deteriorate your own sense of morality. Yes. Interesting. So, yeah. So she said she wanted to explore whether revenge is really the only way to recover from a serious betrayal. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to sort of challenge the way audience think about this stuff and making them mm -hmm. question kind of what she said was our collective thirst for revenge and violence as the only justifiable course of action against this kind of betrayal. I'm tiptoeing around it because the betrayal that happens in the movie, um, I think is kind of a spoiler. So yeah, <laughs> but you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do. I, that's so interesting. Cause it, 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 this movie, when we get into, I mean, this is not a spoiler. It's kind of present presented in, in kind of a fractured timeline. Yeah. And that does interesting things in terms of your like, emotional journey through the movie. And I yeah. can, it's, this is kind of contextualizing that for me in a way. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and in, yeah, exactly. And the way that they filmed it, where things are chronologically out of order, they did that intentionally. It's disorienting, mm -hmm. but yes. they did that deliberately to show what they said 
post-traumatic stress can look like and feel like to the person experiencing it. That is very interesting. Yes. Yes. yes, Where the past and present are kind of constantly overlapping as you're kind of Mm -hmm. re-experiencing things. Yep. And they wanted audiences to be forced to kind of experience it the same way as the main character Miriam does. So that is really interesting. Okay. Okay. That's really cool context right there. Yeah. So they also filmed the whole movie using only natural and available light. So they Uh went through a lot of effort to choose the correct times of day to even pick out the lampshades. That's hard. Yes. (laughs) And the curtains, like all of the window treatments. Yeah. So I think that is incredible that they were able to do that. And we can talk about it later, but I, I do think it gives the film a certain feel. And mm-hmm. they wanted it to actually feel kind of like a dark fairy tale. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, we recently reviewed on Zombie Girls, we reviewed Hunted, which yeah. is definitely a dark fairy tale that is in the same subgenre. But it definitely is more, it adheres much more to the formula of rape revenge. Yeah. Minus the, the actual initial sexual assault. But I mean, essentially, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Totally. It's a violation, for sure. But yeah, this, this, I also, that's funny that I, I also got a fairy tale feeling and then I, I like wrote that in my notes and I was like, no, maybe not. But now I feel validated in my initial feelings about that. Yeah. I think especially all the nature shots really give it that vibe too. And this sort of cabin in the middle of nowhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So they also, on top of picking this certain times of day and using only natural light, they also shot the movie with old Soviet era lenses from the 1950s, sorry, from the 1960s. Mm, interesting. I mean, the only Soviet horror film that I've seen was that one, uh, V, V, A, V, I. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's V, I, Y. Have you ever seen oh, it? Oh, I have not, but I've heard of that one. It's really interesting. It might be on YouTube because it's from 1967. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like you've definitely seen clips from it, but maybe didn't I'm realize sure. where it was from. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, this movie, I, I mean, it definitely has a very cold and clinical feeling to it, which yeah. I associate with Soviet mm-hmm. era. You know, like when you, the Suspiria remake where you, I mean, that's not Soviet, but you know what I mean? It has yeah, that, I know what you're that about. feel to it. I don't know if that was the lenses. I definitely feel like that was the intended, intended vibe, but I mean, works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when they wrote the script, they originally envisioned Sims Fewer would play the role of Greta, who is the sister oh. in the film. But because they were working with a micro budget and they knew Mm -hmm. the role would be super demanding, they Mm -hmm. actually ended up having her play Miriam. And she said that she knew that she could push herself as far as she needed to go for the part. And so it would be easier if they were directing her to do that. That, This is definitely a role that calls for some stuff. There's physical stuff. There's (laughs) emotional stuff. I feel like you have to be able to come across pretty intense um and intimidating so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a lot so, it, it requires yeah. the role requires a lot yeah i mean it yeah. requires a lot of oh, several of its actors <laughs> different things but a lot <laughs> so um she said that initially she really related to greta so when she made the switch to playing miriam it was really difficult for her and she had trouble relating to her and kind of getting into that headspace but as she mm. spent more time with it she realized that 
she too had some of this anger buried down and that that mm. was a way for her to kind of relate to Miriam and get into the headspace she needed to for the role. So um, interesting because she so embodies this role. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. I know. That's interesting, though, that it also made her sort of reconnect with some buried anger, right? Yeah. I feel like we've all got that in. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in an interview with fashionmagazine.com, she said that she really loves complicated antihero characters. Mm -hmm. And she named characters like Harvey Keitel's character in The Bad Lieutenant. Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver and Walter uh-huh. White and Breaking Bad. Uh-huh, but she said uh-huh. that you don't usually see a lot of female characters mm-hmm. who have the same complexity and flaws. So right. here is a quote from that interview. These are the types of characters I have always been drawn to in cinema, though most of the great antiheroes we see on the screen are men, because we're more used to seeing male anger, alienation, and righteous chivalry, it's easy for us to relate to those qualities and characters, even if we disagree with their actions. There is something about female rage that really rubs audiences the wrong way. Hmm. I mean, no. <laughs> Not in my case, but I, she she but is both general, correct. I think, but yes. you know, she's absolutely correct. But for me, I'm like. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I drink it in. Yes. Show me your rage. I mean, I mean we're always talking about how we want more character uh, more complex and flawed female characters. So that's yeah. yeah, it's definitely not a problem we have, but I think it's the reason you don't see it so much in movies is because it does rub yeah. people the wrong way and they don't respond to it the same way we might. Yeah, when you hear anti-heroine, I feel like the characters that I immediately come to my mind are all like yeah. femme fatales, right? Mhm. I mean, I'm sure there are more than that. And if I spend some time like really thinking about it, I would sure. probably come up with some. Mm, um, but yeah, those characters always are punished by the end of the movie. And they always are presented through at least somewhat of the male gaze, right? And, and yeah. what I enjoy about this and a handful of movies that we have watched recently is that we are kind of getting into this place of women behaving badly. And not necessarily being pun- always punished for it, but also... And this movie, we're going to talk a lot about female gays tonight, yes. was definitely, <laughs> definitely broke from that particular tradition. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie premiered at the 2020 Toronto International Film Festival, and it had its international premiere at Sundance, and now it's available to stream on Shudder. Yes. Check it out. <laughs> no, but I mean it. It's, it's Here's the thing. Is I keep saying that, It's just, but I, and I, it sounds like faint praise. I just, I watched it today and I'm still fully rattled by it, but I yeah. also am going to say good things about it, but it it's an experience. It is an experience. So, okay. I have the synopsis, but I'm going to save it for after our non-spoiler reviews, even though for some reason I have not moved it in the timeline on our doc. All right, let's get into our non-spoiler reviews, and then I will give you the synopsis for this film. Errol, you want to go first? Did yes. I lose you? Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? No, sorry, I was thinking. Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go first this time. I always let you go first. Me first in the gimme gimme. <laughs> All right. Okay, so this one is a little tricky to talk about because I can't say I liked it but i don't actually think that is the point i thought this movie was incredibly compelling and very interesting and 
I would recommend it for particularly for people who are interested in the rape revenge genre in general, because I think that this has a very unique and extremely impactful take on it. You know, there there are some very tired tropes and the origin of the genre is not the best. But I think that especially in recent years, we're getting really interesting deconstructed takes of it. And I think this one definitely is in that vein. I will say for, you know, this is definitely a genre that people who have triggers or struggle to see scenes of sexual assault. This movie has a lot of difficult content in it, but I will say that it is not exploitative in the way that that particular scene is shot. I I mean, it is really, really less interested in that piece of it. And there is some things in this movie that you could probably call exploitative, but that is definitely not one of them. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Ariel? Yeah, I definitely agree with it, that it's filmed in such a way that it does not feel exploitative, and you don't see a ton of it actually happening. Yeah. And so if that's a concern for somebody going into watching it, that you don't want to see that kind of scene, you really aren't going to see much of it in this film. Mm -hmm. But it does tackle a lot of tough issues, and there is violence in it, and there are some scenes that are difficult to watch and will stick with you. So I would oh, just say sure. know that going in. Yes. There is ex- there is intense content in this movie, but that particular scene I think is held with or is dealt with very delicately and yes. I appreciated it for that because I think what this movie is interested in is not necessarily that act but like everything that follows it. Right. Um yeah. So I will again though I will say it's very brutal and gruesome in parts, so do keep that in mind when you're deciding whether or not to watch it. Uh the movie itself is beautiful though. It's beautifully yeah, it shot. Sure it really takes advantage of the it's setting that natural it's set in, you know, the deep dark woods because again, it's I guess a very dark fairy tale. Um and it really takes advantage of that setting. The use of the natural light is incredibly beautiful and moody. Um, There's lots of really cool in-camera stuff that's happening. There's a lot of cool um, use of like double images and color story to kind of orient you in the timelines. Uh, There's a lot of really cool technical things in this movie that I think that you can enjoy. And then, of course, Madeline Sims Viewer is incredible in this movie. The things that she is asked to do in this movie in terms of emotionality are incredible and she nails it and i honestly think across the board the performances are all very strong in this yeah agreed i have some issues although less now than i initially when i wrote down these notes about how it's so deconstructive that it's sometimes difficult to follow but i'm kind of revising my feelings on that on the fly in real time so stay tuned (laughs) i'll I'll let you know at the end how i feel about it uh but overall i would recommend this movie with caveats which i've already done especially to horror film fans especially to people who are interested in this particular corner of horror i know that i am glad i watched it though it was definitely a punishing watch how about you ariel yeah i mean i think that that sums it up really well it's a beautiful film it's incredibly well acted the script is written beautifully too all of the conversations and dialogue have a real naturalistic feel to them like you're just dropped down in the middle of these conversations and they feel super real and yeah with some warning I would definitely recommend this especially to horror fans because it does do some really interesting things with the whole rape revenge subgenre and it's it handles it in a way I haven't really seen it handled before Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm 
And even though it was a brutal, often punishing watch, especially the first half of the movie. Yeah. I think that in the end, it's rewarding for those reasons, that there are interesting, cool things happening, and there's a lot to think about and process at the end. Um, So, yeah. So I would recommend it, but just, like, know what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Definitely. I I, I didn't (laughs) – this isn't, like, a fun, enjoyable movie, but I'm glad I saw it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm excited for other people to see it because what I'm mostly excited about is to talking about them with it. Yeah. Cause exactly. I feel like this movie unpacks some interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. There's been another recent movie, which we'll talk a lot about when we get into our review that <laughs> talks about similar things, but I actually think this movie does a much better job of exploring specifically around ideas of whether or not revenge is the best course. Yeah. Right. So we'll get into that. All right, so I think we both are giving this a caveated recommend. Yeah, exactly. All right, we are about to enter the spoiler zone. I'm going to give a synopsis that will have spoilers in it. So now is the chance to go if you do not want this movie spoiled and then come back to hear our discussion about it. I do think this is the kind of movie that we have to be able to talk about really important plot points in order to really process it. And I don't know about you, Ariel, but I really need to process. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've, I feel like I'm vamped long enough. You've had time to exit. And if you're still here, it means you want to get into all the dirty details. So <laughs> let's start with my synopsis. An English couple, Miriam and her husband, Caleb, are visiting their sister, Greta, and her, brother, their, her brother-in-law, Dylan, in Canada. There is tension in her marriage to Caleb, but they put on a good front to all hang out together at this cabin in the woods. Miriam has known her brother Dylan, I guess, since from childhood. Uh, I'm wondering if some of this mirrors in reverse what happened with Madeline in her biography based on what you told me. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) And her and her sister have a very tense but loving relationship. The tension kind of comes from years of rivalry, as well as the fact that Miriam has made herself the self-appointed protector of Greta, something that Greta, I don't know how comfortable she is with it. In fact, she's kind of had to deal with some repercussions of her sister basically self-appointing her this white knight role without Greta's permission and also uh, against her wishes in some cases. So later that night, when their respective spouses go to sleep, Miriam and Dylan kind of have a chit-chat by the fire And you can see that they have a lot of history and it appears maybe a little bit of chemistry, but something occurs between them that spurs Miriam to want to get revenge, which she does. (laughs) Yeah. And, (laughs) and kind of, and we get to experience that as well as the immediate aftermath of that. That is it for my synopsis. Ariel, tell me what you liked about violation. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I really liked a lot of things about this movie, far more than I thought going in. I honestly kept putting off watching this movie all weekend because I was a little bit nervous about how intense it was going to be, but... It is just not what you're expecting. <laughs> right. The one no, thing exactly. You're dreading is the one that is is the less uh, aggressively confrontational. Yeah. Yeah, and that surprised me. So when I got past that part of it, I was like, "Oh, okay. I've been holding my breath for no reason and then ba bam, it hits you in the face." Just <laughs> yeah. not too, 
not too long after that. So um, part of what I really liked about this, um, things we've sort of already touched on, but we can go into in more detail, the acting in this movie. Madeline Sims viewer is fantastic in this movie. The fact that she's only acted in a handful of things before blows me away because she feels like a very seasoned actor. Mm -hmm. And I hope that not only does she keep directing, but she keeps acting because Mm -hmm. she's really good. This movie demands so much of her. Once we get to the revenge part of it, I mean, (laughs) she has to be like the intensity and the emotions that she's feeling. You feel it in your bones, you know? And so I just think she does such a great job. And even in the more kind of subdued scenes, Mm-hmm. For instance, the conversation that she and her sister have in the middle of that lake. Yeah. Um, or at the very end where she's sitting on those steps and there are just tears kind of in, rolling up in her eyes. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, yeah, she's just really, really good. And I thought all of the dialogue is written so well. I mean, there are some painfully uncomfortable scenes between especially the two sisters where things are so sort of awkward and heated and they sort of vacillate between sharing these fond memories of their childhood and then being antagonistic with one another. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch, but it all feels like it's coming from a real relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the acting, but I also think it has a lot to do with how the dialogue was written. Yeah, I mean, all of the characters and relationships felt very real and lived in. I mean, you don't really get to know very much about any of them, especially, for instance, her husband. Yeah, poor Uh, Caleb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that, yeah. (laughs) He's kind of a throwaway character, and, you know, you don't know a ton about the sister, or really any of them. You don't really know a lot about their backstory or who they are as people, but you still, I feel like, get a sense of their personalities Mm -hmm. really well in this, and they just feel very lived in all their interactions felt genuine Mm -hmm. I love that I mean this is something we have talked about so much about wanting to have more complex characters and with Miriam it's like you see all of her flaws in this movie oh yeah I mean she is not sometimes she's kind of fun to watch but she's not a very likable character in fact sometimes she's selfish sometimes she's outright cruel and we know that there are underlying things that are causing her to act that way but she still is mean you know Mm -hmm. she's not she doesn't treat her sister with kindness um her relationship with her sister yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah which i actually thought was really an interesting choice to put in the narrative like it really does complicate some early scenes especially before you fully understand what has happened yeah yeah wait what how am i supposed happened? to feel about what i'm seeing yeah how much am i saying yes. yeah 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 it definitely makes it less clear how you should feel about her as a character and i think those are really interesting choices and the yeah. the going back and forth in time adds to that definitely and so I know that going back and forth in time and sort of putting things out of order chronologically, in some ways, there are times when I found that confusing early on, but... Mm-hmm. I started I, tracking haircuts. I was like, how's yes. everybody's hair look? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I do think that it does some interesting things where it's like, 
you think you know what's happening and then you see another scene and you kind of see it from a different angle or it muddies the waters a little bit in sort of how you see the events that have unfolded. Yeah, I just think it adds layers to it that maybe it mm-hmm. wouldn't have had if you had just seen everything in chronological in order. Interesting. And, okay. And I think that I also can understand from the director's perspective what she was saying about wanting to show what it might have felt like if you were dealing with post-traumatic post-traumatic stress and Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what that would feel like but I think it's interesting to try to film something or edit something in a way that tries to get you into a character's headspace I don't know that it was 100% successful here because I do think there are points that it was confusing but I still think that it did add to the story Mm -hmm. I mean we talked about this already but it's beautiful to look at in a lot of ways. There are Mm -hmm. really cool things they're doing with like these extreme close-ups and mirrored images of nature Mm -hmm. that are fascinating and really Mm -hmm. add to it. And I think that the way that that rape scene is filmed, I've never seen it done quite like that before. I mean, we've talked in other movies about how we can appreciate it when they put more of the focus on the face of the victim and her mm-hmm. experiences as opposed to the viewer or sensationalizing it. This did something totally different where everything's so focused in on these like little sections of their bodies that you can't always tell what's exactly happening, but you definitely mm-hmm. understand. Right. 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 And it's very focused. Like it's very about the audio to some degree. Yeah. And so it removes sort of the titillation factor and but creates a degree of intimacy with with her specifically. Not intimacy. Yes. You know what I mean by intimacy? Like like it, it feels very discreet in terms of yeah. again, that's you know what I, there's two meanings to discreet and I mean where it's <laughs> not like, like oh we're being discreet but like right. that we're we're very um in her experience, in a, like, it kind of brings us into her experience by presenting us with a different kind of sensory presentation. Does that make right. sense? And, yeah. And I mean, the, when, it, when there are close-ups, we see his hands doing things, but the only face we really see is hers, right? It focuses close up on her eye at one point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think I've never seen it filmed that way. And to see something new is always really cool because we've seen a million horror movies and quite a lot of rape revenge films at this point. And this yeah. one handled it differently. So I, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's interesting because you had heard, I, it's a little hard to keep track of because the chronology goes back and forth. So when we're talking about it, if I get something wrong, please tell me, but I feel like we see a scene of the two of them talking in the shed about or no i'm sorry well there's the scene where he's describing kind of his memory and yes very, his like, experience. erotic terms Excuse, that's what i wanted to say yes yeah and that yeah he's explaining everything and like you said very erotic terms and saying you know she's saying well what did i say how did i respond to that and he said you said don't stop but when we see it then we know that she said don't and stop right right so right I think all of that is fascinating and really made me think about the movie a lot afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. And I know that we're going to get into the scene of the actual, like, 
torture and kill part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how we see the the female gaze. I don't know if you want to say anything before we get into that, or if we should just start talking about it. Yeah, let me talk about maybe my early thoughts, yeah. and then we'll yeah. Okay, so like you, we have already said this is a bit of a brutal watch, even before mm-hmm. she starts exacting her revenge, and the saw comes, all that comes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, from the opening shot where there's just this wolf eating a rabbit in slow motion, which, by the way, <laughs> did not love, but no. understand it from an artistic perspective. It, it, the movie just oozes with dread. There is a sense of predator and prey right from the start. And it's all set to this very choral music that creates a very distinct and serious mood. A, a very it's this is a very serious and adult film for sure and i think that that is the message that it, you receive from the opening credits this movie made me think about pr- uh, promising young woman a lot while i was watching this which is something i also watched recently we're not going to go into too deep into that but there were several beats in this movie that kind of are very much companion pieces to that movie okay. but unlike that movie that has a very sort of tongue in cheek kind of humor to it and this very bubblegum pastel aesthetic this movie is all blues browns isolation alienation just a very very different animal and for me that tone lends itself i think better to communicating the story that this one is interested in telling Okay. We've, yeah. We've talked about how this beautiful this movie is beautiful to look at. But the other thing that I really loved about the setting is that what it does is it kind of mirrors what's happening inside Miriam's character as the, the movie goes on and we start to see the backstory and how essentially both her, like she's isolated from her husband who she's having, you know, she has problems in her relationship with and he rejects her when she tries to get in bed with him or whatever. But she also gets essentially gaslit and pushed off by both her sister and her brother-in-law when she tries to tell or confront them and so all of this nature it definitely kind of uh, mirrors essentially what's happening inside of her that there is this duality of nature of this predator and prey and also this very lonely landscape Uh, so i thought that was really like visually kind of an interesting motif. Yeah. And this movie, it, uh, we've talked about the fractured timeline as well. And this is not a movie that is going to spoon feed things to you. No. It is going to ask you to do some work. You are going to have to put together a puzzle. And eventually you do kind of find ways to decipher the chain of events. Like I said, I was looking at hairstyles. I was looking at the different color and the and the um sh- the way that the film was actually shot changes in subtle ways that gives you eventually the pattern of it you begin to sort of recognize like oh we're in the past we're in the present and once that comes together it gets a little bit easier to follow uh, but it does take take some work the other thing this movie does that's really interesting is like we've t- and again we've touched on this briefly is that it really does take pains to almost set her up a little bit as a unreliable narrator And, you know, you hear about sort of her past and how her memories diverge from the memories that her sister has. And we see a little bit of their interaction at the fire. And everybody seems to respond kind of in the same way of of maybe that she is not someone who is trustworthy. And what that does is, I mean, first of all, it mirrors, unfortunately, too much of what actually happens in real life. Uh, True. 
But that paired with the fractured timeline that it's presented into you is it creates a question mark. You're like, well, what really did happen that night? And so you kind of get to experience and see sort of how really muddy and com- and confusing these situations can be while ultimately coming away from realizing that Miriam deserved your benefit of the doubt from the beginning. And I think, you know, we, that is, that is a problem that we have in real life where you have to be a perfect victim and you, and you have to have the perfect perpetrator. And this is something I think we talked a lot about when we reviewed Amulet was like not only complicating what the victim in a situation like this looks like, but complicates who the perpetrator is the perpetrator is not some creepy guy pulling you more often than not right. a creepy guy pulling you into an alley it's someone who can be close to you in your life it could be someone that you like someone that you have a, a friendship with and that not only makes it horrible violation but it complicates things and i think that this movie really lives in those gray areas in a way that makes it really interesting and also makes what happens when she gets the revenge really interesting? It's not like three creepy guys that followed her home from the gas station and I spit on your grave. It is a family member. Yeah. It's someone that she has a lifetime friendship with. It's someone that she has actual sexual chemistry with. And so when she perpetrates her revenge, there's part of you that's like, yeah, get him, girl. But then there's it really does present you with the ugliness that follows. And all of that also stems back from the selection of this character and the way that he is portrayed. I mean, he's likable. He's funny. He's charming. Maybe a little bit weird with his hunting stuff, but right. (laughs) But ultimately should not be flirting with the sister, but he's not what you think of when you think rapist, but no. And they have such an easy back and forth. And like you said, they have a chemistry there, both Mm -hmm. uh, sort of on a friendship level, but also a sexual chemistry. And because of the way the story is told where you spend a lot of the movie questioning what happened. It yeah. does, yeah, it does show you the experience I think a lot of women have in real life, both the being gaslit by people and also that your story isn't going to be perfect, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, because I think when you go into watching one of these movies, we, as an audience, automatically identify with her. She is the right. designated your she's your proxy but she's also your designated victim in the situation and so for suddenly to be like wait what am i seeing what really happened it kind of forces you to do something that is counter to what you are walking into the door already primed to do and that is not easy and i think that makes this movie really interesting yeah absolutely Again, I'm going to talk a little bit about Promising Young Woman. Uh, it's obviously very much in the press right now, and so I don't want to spoil for people, although I actually would have preferred to have it spoiled. But that's <laughs> me. But one of the themes in that movie is about the cost of revenge, which, again, this is something that this movie is very interested in talking about. And I think this movie does a better job because, for one thing, you actually get to see the impact after the revenge is taken, whereas... You are yes. not afforded that in part. I'm seeing young woman. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. We see how ugly it is. And the movie lingers on that. Not only the emotional impact, but the process of it in a way that I have never seen before. And yeah. uh, I think that that forces you to confront this idea in a way that is much more impactful. But let's get into how we even get to that place. You said you wanted to get into the revenge. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, so I have never seen a revenge film presented in the way that this one does. I've never, 
I mean, this movie is brutal and there is a very long scene of her enacting or exacting her revenge, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I've just never seen anything like it. And it, it came at me as a surprise and the brutality of it is really different coming from um, a woman as the one mm -hmm. getting the revenge. So this scene where she kind of where she lies to get him into this house like they're going to have an affair and then gets him to undress and tell her about what happened the night he raped her from his perspective before killing him um it is brutal and really hard to watch but it's also fascinating because mm -hmm. i've never seen it done this way and so frequently in horror movies, we see women half naked or naked or hypersexualized and a male um, assailant like attacking them or raping them or whatever. And in this movie, we see a very long drawn out scene of this man completely naked while she is fully clothed and the one who is getting the revenge. So it's just it really flips that script in an interesting way yeah it was very surprising to me um right. there is which a is lot incredibly of... telling how shooketh we are yes. by this considering all the <laughs> shit we have seen over the years yeah there it tells something... you how like the the lack of parody in these kinds of scenes yeah. do not exist right yeah i mean i have seen so many scenes of like a dude spending a very long time torturing a woman i have not seen the reverse done this way before no and yeah it did kind of shake me <laughs> to my core yeah. seeing this it was not titillating it was no it was to watch not because <laughs> it was it not was in no way presented it exploitative which is kind of incredible no. considering the content yes yeah and it i mean it's there's something about the way it's filmed where it feels very stark like you were saying mm -hmm. before, um, mm -hmm. that I think changes the tone of it a lot. Yes. And then when she actually becomes violent, like when she hits him over the head with that with the bat, it is shocking. I expected something to happen. I did not expect that. And the sound and the way it is filmed, it's just, it feels really real. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it really is disturbing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it just gets more disturbing from there. I mean, when she goes to cover his mouth with the duct tape, I thought that's what she was going to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> but she wraps his entire head with duct tape and then with a plastic bag. And we watch as he suffocates and wakes up from the head trauma. It's just, it's unreal how much it affected me and how it's surprised i was by it it is hard mm -hmm. to watch because it is a long drawn out scene there's not like quick cuts there's not frenetic camera action it's just you're just seeing this happen yeah you're you know? just in the room yeah. yes that's exactly it it's filmed in a way and acted in a way where you feel like you're just there while it's happening yeah. mm -hmm. and because of that it it's hard <laughs> it's yeah. hard to watch I will say, if you are having a hard time with this scene, promising young woman's going to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you and Matilda talked about that movie when on the Zombie Girls episode, it definitely made me think twice about watching it, which is why I have not watched it. 
Uh-huh. Now kind that of, we're talking now about Now I this, kind of wish you had just because yes, there are so me many. Me too. Like, I, it's just one of those weird flukes, right? Where there right, are of course. scenes that really mirror each other, except for there's a gender flip in this one. Yeah. I heard you and Matilda talk about the movie and particularly the death scene in Promising Young Woman. I've read a bit about it, about it online. And for me, in this film, Violation... I didn't have a problem with the scene. It is difficult to watch. It is really difficult to watch. I didn't have a problem with the content of it. And I'm wondering, your problem with Promising Young Woman, is it not present in this movie because the person who is being killed is also not a victim? Like, this person is a perpetrator. Does that change it? I mean, that is part of it. I also feel like there is a bait and switch to that movie that makes okay. it a sucker punch. Gotcha. Um, I think what it ultimately has to say is really nihilistic and okay and ugly. And hope die. Here's hope dying for okay. any kind of gotcha. catharsis, any kind of sense of empowerment, any embracing of your own anger. And I get that the purpose of that was to talk about why the slippery slope of revenge and and of anger and first of all i don't i don't personally like stories where the moral of the tale is like don't be angry um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) which this movie uh, i think does a much better job a much more nuanced job of being like revenge is definitely not something that you come away clean from Right. It confronts you with what revenge really looks like in a way that is, is much more thought provoking than it is, I think, in Pretty Young Woman, where it's just like, oh, so you women die. Cool. I had no idea. Okay. Thank you for gotcha. enlightening me <laughs> that women yeah. die. <laughs> I, I see the problem there. Yeah. Where yeah. this movie, I mean, I think the thing that this movie is saying about revenge and and the effect it can have on you is is really interesting because we so often, like the director was saying, in revenge movies, we see the act happen where the, you know, the killing happens, but you don't see what happens afterwards. Here we get both her emotional journey, like you were saying, I mean, that scene where she violently throws up over and over again is another part of that scene that is hard to watch because she has committed this truly awful act And we understand why she did it, but it's still incredibly violent and incredibly difficult. And it has had a profound effect on her. And we as an audience both see that happen and feel it, I think, because of the acting job that she does. And there's not, um, there's no like triumph or like glee in what she's doing. It's just this like cold act. And then she has to deal with the consequences and we see how far she has to go mm-hmm. to like cover up the crime afterwards. I mean, she has to force herself to do some truly awful things in order right. to get away with it. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. There's also a moment where she almost chain, like she almost stops it from happening. Yeah. But she gets knocked out. Yeah. Because I mean, and I think that was a a great part of the scene too, because you can see her ambivalence and like her questioning whether she's making the right choice. Like, Oh God, I, I, maybe I went a step too far. Like I don't actually want this to happen. And she tries to rip the bag off, but his head pulls back and she gets knocked out for a second. And then it's too late because they're struggling, you know? Yeah. 
And then when she yeah. actually starts strangling him, you see that rage and anger, I think, bubble up in her and she finishes the act. Yeah. I mean, it's a humanizing moment because we're watching yes. it and just I was just like coming out of my body. Like I was like, yeah. get me out of I can't. I think, yes. Oh, this it is awful. Very and to have her have a similar similar human reaction, mm-hmm. I think definitely was, it, it was a much more realistic thing. She wasn't like a Terminator. You know what I mean? Right. And yes, I do exactly. appreciate I, I guess maybe that's what it is, is you she enacts her revenge. And then she we watch her deal with the consequences, both like emotional and physical. And yeah. and I think that that is a, a much better way to tell that story you know, is to actually watch someone deal with the consequences of it. I don't know. Right. Whatever. We all know I have a bug up my ass about that movie, so <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> if you want my complete thoughts on Promising Young Woman, join our Patreon and listen to the bonus episode. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about female gaze a little bit in this scene, uh, because this movie has a very clear definition of what that looks like. And the definition is to completely invert the male gaze, right? Yeah. You know, this is not, this isn't a female gaze because it has been girlified or femified, right? No, this is a female no. gaze. Well, for one thing, like you said, the woman is fully clothed while the male body is on full display. And it, while it is sexually, like, it is highly sexualized, eroticized, and ultimately objectified, literally. <laughs> and, you know, we see this, this movie 100% through Miriam's perspective. We never right. spend any time in anybody else's head in this movie. This movie is not interested in anybody else. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like, this is very much Miriam's story, and everybody else is sort of a part in that. And that speaks to a larger theme about Miriam, I think, but also it centers the gaze of this movie through her eyes. And I think what's what's really interesting is that this is one of the ways that this movie completely deviates from the earliest visions of rape revenge. Also, the whole scene with the with Dylan, it I definitely was getting references to I Spit on Your Grave. Now, have you ever actually seen I Spit on Your Grave? Uh, no, I don't think okay. so. If we've never you covered it know. on the other podcasts, I have not You seen it. would know. <laughs> this is not I one know. of those ones you forget. <laughs> no. There's a 20-minute rape scene. Yes. So. <laughs> it's one of those ones where I have been told by many people, like, you don't need to see it. So I've just never watched it. I mean, I it, think at some point, like, for homework purposes, yeah, you could, it. you should watch it. I would recommend watching it at, like, double speed. <laughs> Just so you can have seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's going to have to be homework to get me to do that. Oh, oh, it's very much homework. That's how I've seen it. It's because I was doing a whole thing on rape revenge. Um, yeah. I watched that. Like in a period of three days, I like watched that. Last House on the Left, the original that one. That one I've uh, seen. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That one's rough too. Anyways, yes. the point is, where was I going? Oh, so it kind of, cl- there's three men that are are her perpetrators, right? So okay. the third one she basically lures into a bathtub and um, snip, snip. What is the word? I'm like, castrates him. Oh, okay. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> snip, snip. And this movie kind of, I felt like was definitely referencing to that, except because it's this whole thing about how she seduces him into a bathtub. But in yeah. this case, because it's this female gaze, instead of seeing the the man's like in the bathtub when she arrives she you never really see him nude it's all very much implied 
uh, where oh, she, of okay. course, is new, visibly nude. Gotcha. So this movie definitely takes, uh, or it seems to be taking some inspiration from that scene, but flipping the dynamic on its mm-hmm. head. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just something that stood out to me that I wanted to point out. Um, also, body disposal looks like a lot of freaking work, dude. Oh my god! I mean, and <sighs> she goes all out too. Like yeah. she is not fucking around. I mean, no, no, no. she that scene of her chopping his leg off is intense too. Because at first, all you're doing is hearing what's happening, but you know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know what's going on. And then to see her sitting on top of his dead body cutting his Mm -hmm. leg off Mm -hmm. it's hard it was uh pretty realistic looking it looked very i mean i have never seen a leg cut off before but it It looked looked like every diagram i ever saw in a book (laughs) it looked anatomical it sure did i mean the amount of planning that went into it too i think shows you a lot like she has been living in this place of rage for a very long time for her yeah. to not only decide to do this, but to yeah. plan it so much. I don't want to see her search history. I'll tell you that much. You're no kidding. And the way that she does it like a hunter, too, I thought was very intentional. Which, of considering... course, made me think of Hunter Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. That's another one, man. <laughs> I know. We've just been on the grim train. We need more. This is why I think we were like, oh, my God, Slacks is such a breath of fresh. Yeah. Just, like, watch the <laughs> darkest stuff. <laughs> I know. This is our hobby, Ariel. Yeah. This is what I we know. do for fun. We're like, hey, let's watch something <laughs> horrifying and talk about it to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah okay so the horror in this movie to me is really about the way that it lingers on things yes it -hmm. is totally unflinching in how it just makes you stay with the character whether she's you know like you said sawing off a limb crying in the woods hyperventilating in a hotel room after giving some russian guy the business you know this movie just insists that you stay in these moments these painful moments and as the seconds pass the horror just compounds it's in a way extremely infective yeah the way the camera lingers on certain things like the boiling of a body part on top yes. of the stove yeah the crushing of the bones which was yes i mean it, it her scrubbing out the bathtub of that motel room i mean it really just stays handfuls with this stuff. of meat into the yes. toilet yes it's it is repugnant and uh and very yet so compelling yes so compelling. but you can't stop watching totally mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. it i wanted to keep watching it and i wanted to talk about it afterwards because yeah. it's it is compelling i feel like this is the movie we've talked about the most be- together before we actually got on the cast like a lot of times we don't tip our hands so we're on the show <laughs> both of us yeah. are like i can't wait till 6 30 I, I need to start writing about this now <laughs> Yeah, because it's, I mean, look, this movie just, it really surprised me. I knew this was going to be a hard watch. Mm -hmm. And this surprised me in a way that I was very compelled by and fascinated by. So in that respect, I think the filmmakers succeeded because it's making me think about things in a way I really haven't in terms Mm -hmm. of horror movies before. It's it's shown me things that I've never seen in a horror it movie had before. had such sights to show you. <laughs> I mean, can we just for a second? 
I was also shocked by the amount of male nudity in this movie. Yeah. And the way that it was shown. Yeah. Normally when we get like full frontal male nudity, it's fast, right? Yeah. You don't normally just see it for that length of time. I also don't think I have seen like an erect male penis being masturbated on film in a Uh, regular movie. But definitely not. Not again. Normally. It's yes. the lingering. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. It, these are not quick cuts. It Mm-mm. stays with him for mm-hmm. a long time. It's just, it's so interesting because, I mean, I've seen so many movies of like topless women for very yeah. long periods of time, but you don't get that same thing with men. And so, yeah, I was fascinated. I also think it's pretty remarkable that the actors were able to go to this place. And it felt like it was really happening. I imagine Mm -hmm. that was really difficult, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, what I would hope that that speaks to the comfort level and respect on set. I would hope so too. Yeah. It's definitely something I wish I could ask the directors about because I, it was striking. It was definitely striking. Yeah. But it it, it felt revolutionary in a way that I was ashamed that it was revolutionary. No, but that's a great word for it. Absolutely. It was something I hadn't witnessed before in a movie Mm -hmm. like this. So my final thoughts essentially are just rape revenge typically is about two things. Violation followed by catharsis. And what makes this movie so interesting is that it is not really about either. That's true. Yeah, good point. It's it it takes the tropes of the subgenre and selects the pieces of it that are most readily identifiable with it and just discards them. And what it ends up creating is a totally different narrative within this subgenre. It to me, it took a subgenre that could be pretty shallow, especially in its origins, and yeah. really kind of created a whole new sort of space in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> movie, y'all. <laughs> I think you should watch it. I think you I should watch it. I absolutely think you should watch it too. Yeah. 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 It's one I think that I'm our going to think about. Want to watch it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it lives at the end of the year when we're putting together our best of. Oh, good point. I would be I very mean, curious too. I mean, I think too. if we decide to do one specifically for more deadly, I bet it's going to have a spot. I'm yes. curious because we do a collective one where if it's going to show up on our list and if it's going to make it to the other girls list or if it's going to get right. included because of that, because I do feel like people are going to look at the title and, and be off put by it because like, they're like, Oh God, not this again, you know, but right. it, but it's not what you, I keep, people keep saying like, how is it? And I'm like, it's brutal, but not what you think it is. Yeah. It's completely unique. <laughs> it's found a way. new way to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'll be curious to see if it ends up being like Amulet or if people don't want to watch it. Yeah. We'll have to try to get people to watch it. Yeah. But it's a weird thing to ask people to watch too. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a confronting movie. (laughs) So we've talked a lot about what we liked. Is there any, do you have any cons for this movie you wanted to talk about? Yeah, just briefly. We touched on this before, but I think the chronology of the movie Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a challenge. I think that for the most part, I was able to keep track of what was happening, but there were a couple instances where I felt a little bit unsure at first. And so that may be a little bit of a problem for people watching it. I also think that while I appreciate the metaphor of the wolf and its prey, like the 
the whole thing of like a predator and prey and who's the prey and who's the predator and it's switching back and forth. Like I, I appreciated that. I think they maybe showed a little bit too much where it became a little pretentious towards the end. Uh-huh, but uh-huh, other than fair. that, and the fact that you just got to go in knowing that this movie is going to put you through something. I was pretty happy with it in the end. I mean, yeah. happy is a weird word. I, <laughs> impressed. A, yeah. Impressed. Much better word. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I was walking around high fiving everybody. No. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. So cons like you, the deconstructed timeline was a little bit, I love, here's the thing is I love the concept and the reason and the motivation yes. uh-huh. for the deconstruct exactly. more than I actually like the end result. I don't, it's not a huge problem. It certainly would not prevent, it would not prevent me from recommending it to people in, but I do feel like it does kind of undercut some of the emotional beats of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think each individual scene is impactful and works as as kind of a standalone but it does make it harder for the emotions to ramp up or to create any like emotional tension outside of each i'll use the word again discrete scene i'm using it in the same way so if that makes sense to you there that's how i meant it before (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's a part of me that would almost love to see a cut of this that is in chronological order to see what impact it would have on the experience yeah i think especially too i mean I think that's true for most of the movie. I also think it would be interesting, especially for the relationship between her and her sister, to Uh see it play out chronologically. Yeah, definitely. The other thing would be the Caleb character. And I'm kind of a two months Oh, thank you. I meant to. Yeah, that's in my notes also. Yes. On one hand, I would have liked to have known more about him. It's kind of a shame that we didn't get to know about Caleb. Uh, Everybody around Miriam is slightly sketched in, but he probably is the one that gets the, the least amount of attention but then there's another part of me that's like how many movies have we watched about an anti-hero where we know nothing about the wife and nobody Mm -hmm. gives a solitary shit about that so i'm like "Eh, who cares (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's maybe too bad that he's the only person of color in the whole movie and we know the least about him but i agree that i don't really know that knowing more about the spouse would have added anything to this story and you're right right. i mean there's so many of those movies where you have no idea about any of the other people in their lives so yeah yeah so those are my cons overall still recommend this movie with lots of caveats yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i think our our listeners i would recommend it too when, I'm th- when I say caveats, I'm thinking about like people in my life and I'm like, I feel like there'd be a lot of preamble, but I would ultimately mm-hmm. say, but yeah, you should watch it. But for the audience listening, watch it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Watch it. Any other thoughts? Mm-mm. All right, cool. So we don't have any listener mail this time, but if you wanted to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can head over to the Zombie Girls Facebook page where we're always kind of bouncing around on there. If you love the show, please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. If you're looking for something to watch tonight, head over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our VOD and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the horror and horror adjacent movies that are going to be coming out soon or are available now. Uh, and there is uh, a lot of streaming services. It's a lot to keep track of. So people have told me it's a very useful tool. So use it. Um, and if you, I said at the top of the show, we now have shirts for sale. Head over to our Tee Public store at tpublic.com. 
com forward slash zombie dash girls dash podcast and check out our t-shirts there we've got one for more deadly cast of cause zombie girls and stream queens they're all really cool designs we hope you love them we hope you wear them i also said at the top of the show that we now have a twitch channel so head over to if you want to watch our videos of us playing those board games or future ones you want to subscribe so we are at twitch.tv forward slash zombie girls and finally, if you love us and you want to support us, we have a Patreon. Head over there, sign up. You can, like I said, you can hear the Promising Young Woman episode as well as various other <laughs> um, <laughs> exciting bonus episodes. We're recording a new one this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Longtime listeners of the Zombie Girls will get to hear from Jody, see what she's been up to. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. And of course, all of our episodes for patrons are extended episodes so this time we are going to be doing a little bit of a deep dive into rape revenge films specifically the ones we like so say you always wanted to understand more about the genre but you're like i really don't want to watch something that's going to bum me out like i spit on your grave good news there's actually some really interesting great movies in the subgenre and we are going to point them out to you all right i guess that just leaves our plan for the next episode yeah, what are we watching? All right. So the movie we're going to be watching, we're going to divert from Shudder. Can you believe it? Just for one episode. I'm sure we'll be back on the next one. Is a episode from Hulu's series Into the Dark called Blood Moon. Now, have you heard oh, of this okay. one? A little bit. It's a werewolf one, right? I believe. Or did I just make that up? No, no. I think <laughs> you're right. So this one is directed by Emma Tammy who is the director of The Wind, which I think you saw, but I have not seen Yes. Yet. Oh, that's interesting, because that movie is bleak, but it's also very atmospheric. So that could be really cool for a werewolf movie. Awesome. Okay, so here is the synopsis. Blood Moon tells the story of Esme, a young mother who and her son Luna, who moved to a small desert town. Esme keeps a close watch over Luna, which, hello, Moon, hello. Um, <laughs> but not because she's an overprotective mother, because there's something more here. Luna is Ooh. going through a change that is tied to the lunar cycle and requires Esme locking him up for a night, a night a month to keep him safe. Ooh. That sounds really cool. Right? I'm ready for a werewolf story. I haven't had a good werewolf story in a while. Yeah, no, we haven't. And I do love a werewolf as a proxy for a puberty, puberty conversation. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ever since Ginger Snaps, I'm like right. about this, this very sub sub genre. So yeah. So for those of you at home who are playing along, check out Blood Moon on Hulu. I think it's already out right now. So you can put it in your eyeballs immediately. All right, Ariel, take us out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to us try and process this very complicated movie. <laughs> so many feelings. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next time with maybe a more lighthearted movie. We'll see. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharp.